coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. There are 16 root causes that at least I found. So there can be, and I'll run through them real fast. There's microbiome dysbioses, which can happen in the skin, in the gut. Um, also, you can have hidden infections as well, like parasites, um, which move around, can, some can move around the body. So microbiome imbalances, so to speak. Even, uh, gut- even, even parasites in the skin, like scabies. Oh yeah. And you can also have demodex mites as well. Like demodex mites can be um, a root cause for rosacea as well as Hmm. uh, eczema. So that's something to consider. Um, That can be, that's something you should get investigated for. Um, Gut dysfunction is a problem. So either like you could have like diarrhea, constipation, not producing enough stomach acid, not having enough digestive enzymes. Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? And I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. we, we like, like to have fun, fun too. <laughs> so let's, let's get, get on, on with the show. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being with me. Tell me, where are you right now? I am outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the United States, actually, at this moment. And how's the weather? It's a little steamy, a little humid. <laughs> But, but sunny and beautiful. I'm picking lots of figs and tomatoes oh. in my garden. So I'm enjoying, you know, that's what you need in order to grow a bountiful, uh, have a bountiful produce season. So do you have a I'll big garden? I do. I have three raised beds and then I have a fig tree, two different pear trees and an apple tree. Oh, yum. I love figs. What kind of figs do you have? Do you have like the dark ones that are, or do you have the ones that are like yellow, a little green and pink in the yes. middle? So they're green and they get kind of purpley on the bottom and then they're pink in the middle. They're so, so good. Yes. Oh man. I fell in love. I Here in New Zealand, I fell in love with um, the figs when I found I never knew about fig trees. I, you know, I'm just one of those people that didn't understand yeah. about figs. And then one day somebody turned me onto a fig tree and I started picking them and eating them. And wow, they are delicious. Absolutely. I, this is my favorite time of year. And I ask, or I actually text, I've te- been texting my neighbors saying, do you like figs? Do you want some? My, my tree, I don't spray it. It's organic. I have so many. I don't even know what to do with them all. So um, I love to share. Yeah. My husband, who's a chef, loves to make, I don't know if you already do this, but he makes like an apple and fig um, compost, not no. comp- not, not compost, but compote, you know, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like, I don't know what it, I'm not the, I'm not the chef. It's okay. Do you it's do- okay. I don't do that. I either eat them raw. Maybe I put them on a gluten-free pizza, put them in salad, and then I freeze them and use them in protein shakes. So it's pretty much the the max of my usage of things. Yeah. Simple. Keep it simple. Exactly. (laughs) I'm with you. I love simple. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Well, listen, how about if I introduce you to our, to our listeners so that they know a little bit about you. Is that okay? Sounds great. Cause they are listening, you know, (laughs) I did press record. All right. So Jennifer Fugo, did I say that correctly? You Fugo? did. Fugo. Yeah, you did. It, what, what nationality is that? Is that Italian? Greek? It's Italian. It's Italian. Oh, nice. Great. So Jennifer Fugo is a clinical nutritionist empowering adults who have not been helped by conventional medicine to beat chronic skin and unending gut challenges. Good on you. She has experience working with conditions such as eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, dandruff, and hives, with clientele ranging from regular folks to celebrities and professional athletes. 
Jennifer also founded her own line of skincare and supplements available at www.quellshop, that's Q-U-E-L-L shop.com, specifically for people struggling with these chronic skin conditions. She holds a master's degree in human nutrition from the University of Bridgeport and is a licensed dietitian and nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. Bravo. I know that that's a lot of work and you just pressed on, girl. I did. Her work has been featured on Dr. Oz. Wow. Everybody wants to get on Dr. Oz. (laughs) thank you that was a long time ago but yes (laughs) Uh, Reuters Yahoo CNN and many podcasts and summits Jennifer is currently a faculty member on the learn skin platform an Amazon best-selling author and the host of the healthy skin show welcome thank you I'm excited I'm actually really excited for this especially because I love connecting with new people. And I think it's important because so many people who are, who have rashes really struggle. And a lot of times just hearing that somebody else has like literally been in their shoes, even just that alone can bring someone comfort and hope and remind them that they're not doomed, you know, that there is the potential for some sort of answer out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. We give hope, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, have to. and you know, I know that you've got a little story to share about your own experience. Do you mind sharing your story, your personal story with your skin challenges to the Absolutely. world? Absolutely. So basically I started developing dyshydroidic eczema on my, the palms of my hands in uh, 2014. I was in the middle of grad school. So an extremely stressful period and running a business full time. Um, and I developed these little, they look like almost clear bubbles under the skin on the inside of my middle finger. And at first I didn't think much of them, but then eventually when the summer time started and it's very humid here in the Philadelphia area in the summertime, they became very, uh, itchy and sore. And I tried not to itch, but it was like one of those uncontrollable itches. You just have to keep kind of scratching at it. And unfortunately the, the rash, those little bubbles burst and this rash started to spread. And then eventually it would heal over and then it Mm. would start again. So the bubbles would like appear, get really irritated, super itchy, angry, everything burned and itched and drove me nuts. And then it would slowly dry out and heal over. And the cycle just kept happening over and over and over again. So my dad was a medical doctor And he gave me a steroid cream, but told me to just use it very sparingly. And eventually I got so frustrated just doing that because I wanted to make it stop that I did go to a dermatologist and I was told like, use some Vaseline on your hands, keep the moisture in. And I'm like, yeah, um, I like have a life. I can't just put Vaseline on the palms of my hands all day. Like that's utterly impractical aside from, I wouldn't do that anyway. And, um, I became very frustrated because I couldn't work out at the gym. I had to stop cooking because I couldn't touch food. So I I would have to wear gloves. So at home it was fine, but I taught cooking classes at the time. And and when people see your hands are all messed up, like that's, I I understand. I did understand like the, the faces. I was like, all right, that's not going to work. And um, I got to the point where like, I would wake myself up scratching at night. It started to spread. So it went up the fingers, down the palms, spread to other fingers, went on the backside of my hands. And then my nails started to get messed up and it wasn't getting better. It was just getting worse. And I couldn't figure out how to make it stop. And so I got to the point where like, I didn't want to see people anymore. I didn't want to go out of the house because my hands looked so awful and people would stare because they think that you're infected with something, even though I wasn't. Um, and so I, I thought that I was just going to like, forget about, I was like, I just, I'm going to be a hermit. I'm going to stay at home. And my husband said to mm-hmm. me, you need to look at this from the way that you would for a client, even if you don't have an answer now, you might start finding answers. And so what I did at the time, I would never give to somebody else. I would never recommend it because I didn't know what I was doing. I just made a guess. And I even continued forth for six to eight months without any change. So around the six month mark, I started to see some improvement. I mean, that's how long I persisted with this good on goofy, goofy thing. Cause I was like, well, maybe it'll work. I don't know. And, um, eventually the rashes did go away. 
Um, but my persistence in wanting to get answers did not because I was still in Facebook groups and seeing these hard, I mean, honestly, if I don't know if, if someone's listening and they're in a Facebook group for eczema or psoriasis or whatever, some of the photos that people will share, whether it's of their children or of themselves, usually they'll share moments either before and after or at their worst moment asking for help. And a lot of those worst moments, like begging for help, it just breaks your heart, especially when it's a child who's crying and in so much mm. pain. And I thought to myself, I can't just say like, I'm done because maybe my journey has hit its potential conclusion. I had no idea, but my job, my journey in this world is not done. And I can't leave those behind those people behind. Like they're searching for the answers that maybe I have. And I, I want to follow through with that. And so that's where I started hosting events around all the information that I learned. I started the Healthy Skin Show podcast, sharing information from different dermatologists, gastroenterologists, dietitians, nutritionists, all these different experts, and even patients going through it themselves. And um, I just became very dedicated and focused to say, you know, maybe even from the holistic side and the integrative side, maybe we have missed the mark here because I tried a lot of the natural remedies and did not get better. No improvement, maybe sometimes a little better, but not really much to, to, to write home about. Maybe there's things we're missing. And so that's been my goal is to say, how can we combine the best of a traditional approach and an integrative approach and maybe piece this together from a completely different perspective to help people get better? Absolutely. I love that. Bringing in the conventional and the holistic, the conventional and the functional. Well, your mess is the message, isn't it? It is. It really is. So I wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit on two things. You know, your father and I were trained in medical school to do one of one of one thing. <laughs> well, one of two things is put a steroid on it and make it go away or give you prednisone to make mm-hmm. it go away. So, you know, he only did what he knew to do. It's true. And I was fortunate enough to get the warning to be careful to not overuse and depend on the steroid, which I've come to learn a lot of people don't get that warning. Um, And unfortunately, you can actually, for those listening, your body and skin can become addicted to topical steroids, which is actually man-made cortisol, which is the stress hormone your adrenals create. And so some people actually become addicted to it. and, And eventually, we don't have a clear timeline on when that process happens, but you can actually sort of stumble over this line where your body falls into what's called like topical steroid withdrawal or addiction Mm. um, or red skin syndrome. And it's a really awful life wrecking experience. Um, So I feel very grateful that I got the warning from my dad to be very, very cautious and judicious, but a lot of people don't. And um, Look, I, I'm not anti-medication. I think there's a time and a place for it when, when, yes. especially when instructions are appropriately given, I think we're band-aiding with steroid cream. That's my opinion as both a patient and as I know I'm not a doctor and I know I'm not a medical No, I agree. Doctor. I agree with you, Jennifer. I agree with you. It is a band-aid. But that's what we're band-aid. talking. And that's why we're here talking. Yeah. And so if, if, if we're saying, okay, the ster- the point of the steroid is to reduce inflammation, then we should make it our mission to go looking for where that inflammation is generated, not just assuming that it's on the skin, when in reality, we do know, especially from the use of biologic drugs and the research done on them, the inflammation can be driven internally. All like Dupixin, for example, or Humira or Embril, what they do is block inflammatory pathways that help shut off the inflammation that like steroid creams and other drugs will um, also do, you know? So if we know that inflammation is driven from someplace else, why aren't we looking for it? So that's sort because of Because we're not, thing. we're not taught in medical training how to do that. It's only in functional training, functional medicine and integrative. So that's yeah. why we're here helping people become the CEO of their health, right? Exactly. (laughs) So another question I wanted to backtrack on is Vaseline. Where did we, well, it's all marketing. I understand, but oh my gosh, why are we putting petroleum on skin in the form of Vaseline? Like, oh my gosh. I think generally speaking, they feel like, well, it creates this emollient barrier that helps like lock the moisture in that you already have, because obviously 
for, for example, for those who might not have heard the term um, trans epidermal water loss, your skin has normally, we have actually a circadian rhythm of the skin. And at night, our skin loses more water. That's why a lot of times we feel sort of dried out in the morning and people will put moisturizer on at night, right? Uh, before we go to sleep. But in eczema, for example, where the skin barrier is really compromised, we see an increase in that water loss. And so the, I think the idea is that it holds water in, but the problem is, it's not breathable. So your skin is an organ that has like, this is one of our detox organs. So your your skin cannot breathe. That's problem number one. But then it's not just Vaseline. I've heard stories of people using Crisco, like the, the, the trans fat (laughs) I'm putting that on. I've heard stories, unfortunately, of people wrapping themselves in Saran wrap after they apply moisturizers and things. Um, And again, I I understand the idea. The idea Mm -hmm. is to help keep the skin moisturized. But my concern is that we're not allowing for, we're not A, addressing the actual issue and B, you're you're literally locking things in. It's the same problem actually using coconut oil in the case of eczema, where coconut oil is also too large of molecules to be absorbed through the skin. And there's also a lot of coconut allergies now because of how much it's used in diet and topically. Like I'm not hundred percent clear on why it like took off on the internet on blogs as like the best moisturizer for like every part of your skin on your face. It can cause acne. Um, but a lot of clients have noticed that their skin actually feels worse. It will feel hot when they apply coconut oil. And I've even had clients where they, they had, um, very itchy, burning red skin on like, say their face around their eyes, but they were using coconut oil and they were actually allergic to it. Mm. So I, I don't, I have a whole post on coconut oil. It is by by and far the number one article that has the most comments of any article where so many people are like, oh my gosh, I thought I was alone. I had the same experience of how feeling awful using coconut oil on my skin. And I just thought it was just me and it's not. Oh, poor people. <laughs> I know. Hey, I'm like, hey, hey. bad news, but when we know better, <laughs> we can do better. So yeah, well, I have to, uh, you know, I'll be, tra- can I be transparent? Sure. My husband and I make our own moisturizer. I know you've got a skincare pro- uh, store, but however, Michael and I make our own um, skincare and it's organic extra virgin coconut oil with certain essential oils, clean essential oils, hundred percent. And I'm okay, but I know that my daughters can't do that. Like they're, they're aghast but I'm 61. I, I feel like I'm I like it works for me, but for the younger skin, it's not working. No. And, and again, that's a reminder that everyone is different. I think yes. so often we want to say, what did you do? Well, the thing with what I've discovered, and this goes the same for topical as well as internal is mm. that everybody has like we are unique, you know, in the paleo world, they would say N equals one, like you're a unique person. You have to address your unique body, your genetics, your history, everything. And the same goes for what we put on our skin. You know, it's amazing that for somebody like, for example, with psoriasis or eczema or even seborrheic dermatitis, also known as dandruff, what one thing that will be amazing for one person will really irritate another person. So it's about trial and error and figuring out what's best for you. And also keeping in mind that your root causes may look different than someone else's, which is why, you know, for example, a certain elimination diet worked wonders for Sally, but for Philip or John, it makes them even worse. So it's important to keep that in mind because a lot of times we throw the blame back on ourselves and saying, I didn't do this well enough. I wasn't persistent. You know, like we blame ourselves, not realizing that there were other factors at play here that complicated the picture, but also made it different. You can have eczema or psoriasis or dandruff or rosacea for so many different reasons. Well, let's talk about those reasons. Let's talk about eczema. Oh my gosh. I work still part-time as an urgent care physician, which is just a small emergency room here in New Zealand. And, um, oh my gosh, the amount of eczema, the amount of eczema. And the, the only thing that GPs know how to do is to give steroids and an emollient, an emollient, emollient, ah, 
bah, say that a couple of times, but you know, in the form of cream, tell me, you know, I, I know I can't do it in a 15 minute consultation in, in the urgent care, but yeah. what is the, what, what do you do for eczema? Well, so, I, so here's the thing. The, and this is an important point for anybody listening because I don't want someone to feel left out because they're like, yeah, but I have hives. I have chronic hives. So I work with all these different conditions and I, I figured out, I've done a lot of work for everyone listening. And actually there's a lot of overlapping, very similar root causes for all of them. It just depends on what your combination is. And I mm-hmm. think there are some genetic factors and there can obviously be other, like some people say, why did I get eczema versus my sister who has psoriasis? And I'm like, I wish I had the answer for that. I don't know. I don't know why exactly your inflammation manifests in one particular way versus your friend or your ex-boyfriend or whomever, Mm. why it shows up. I don't know. Um, But there are 16 root causes that at least I found. So there can be, and I'll run through them real fast. There's microbiome dysbioses, which can happen in the skin, the gut, um, also you can have hidden infections as well, like parasites, um, which move around, can, some can move around the body. So microbiome imbalances, so to speak. Even, uh, got, even, even parasites in the skin, like scabies. Oh yeah. And you can also have de- derma, demodex mites as well. Like demodex mites can be um, a root cause for rosacea as well as hmm. uh, eczema. So that's something to consider. Um, that can be, that's something you should get investigated for. Um, gut dysfunction is a problem. So either like you could have like diarrhea, constipation, not producing enough stomach acid, not having enough digestive enzymes. Um, so digestive dysfunction is a crucial piece to this. There's usually some of that. There can be, there can be diet and food reactions, but those are one of 16. I think a lot of people put way too much emphasis on those. I do think eating and figuring out what type of diet works best for you is really, really crucial. But oftentimes we overemphasize that thinking and wishing that it was just some one food in our diet mm-hmm. that if we took out, it would magically go away. Guess mm-hmm. what? You can't eat away each pylori. You can't eat <laughs> away a parasite. Like you have to deal with those. I think we do a lot of wishful thinking because all of the functional medicine books fixate around diet as a solution. And, and I think to some degree, we've actually misled people into thinking that greater eliminations will equal greater health. And that's I agree. I agree. True. I agree. And it actually causes a lot of disordered eating, unfortunately. So, um, so, so diet and food reactions, you can also develop nutrient deficiencies. You can have liver detoxification challenges. What that means is looking at phase two liver detox, not doing a liver detox, but supporting phase two liver detox. So having challenges around that trauma, unmanaged stress, there can obviously be genetic implications, which I've mentioned. Um, wait, one- wait, wait. Can we stop yeah. for a second on sure. stress? Stress. Sure. Oh my gosh. I see so many people that are so stressed out and, you know, I see their skin just erupt and I'm thinking, I always ask them, who's getting under your skin? And mm-hmm. immediately they're like, oh, I know exactly who it is, you know, and you have to kind of like forgive them. So that stress really is important. Absolutely. And there is a lot of research out there also to linking past traumas with current, like you could, there was an article I read, the reporter, her father had died on the operating table when Mm. she was like 10 or something like that. And then fast forward, she had all of, you know, eczema and all these other health conditions. And when she started actually dealing with the past trauma, because she never really processed, I guess, what happened to her father, she started to see a resolution. So, so trauma, absolutely. And stress is a huge factor because stress impacts our GI tract because of the vagus nerve. So yes, you do have two brains. You have yes, one, we do. one up here. Um, and then the genetic piece, uh, if people want to look up something specific, filagrin is the a protein that's made by a gene called prophylagrin. And the critical piece to this is filagrin is basically like the mortar mix that goes in between the cells of the skin that helps us have that um, water retention or moisture retention in the skin. But we know it's because everybody goes, wait, do I have to get tested? Do I have to find out if I have a snip in this thing that's just malfunctioning? <laughs> and I asked Dr. Peter Leo that exact question. He's like, no, most of the time people's prophylagrin gene becomes dysregulated or essentially produces poor filagrin 
because of inflammation. So mm. internal inflammation causes poor filaggrin protein. And then you have like leaky, leaky skin barrier. Um, and then thyroid dysfunction, hormonal imbalances. So like estrogen dominance, blood sugar issues, you can have autoimmunity, drug reactions. So drug reactions, like there are certain I think beta blockers are one. And I know like lithium is another one that can actually. So many, so many. Yeah. 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 Um, And then mitochondrial dysfunction. So the little power plants of your cells have difficulty producing energy, the energy currency of the body to make things go and happen. Heavy metal exposure, environmental toxins and environmental allergies, things like pollen, chemicals, dander, um, and, and included in the environmental toxins, I also want to make sure to throw in there mycotoxins as well from mold. mycotoxins. Oh my gosh. Huge, huge. Yep. Huge. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big topic. Yes. So 16 root causes. I think I got them all, but thank you so much. And yes, it's so important for us to remember that your brain and your gut are, they're one, they live together. They're a happy family because of the vagus nerve. Yes. And Dr. Isabel, I just want to say too, and this is really important for everyone who's listening to this. I don't want someone to freak out and go, oh my gosh. Calling all women. Are you feeling depressed? Lack of energy? Anxious? Your thinking is foggy? Poor sleep? Or maybe even hopeless? you know there is a better you to present to this world. Hey, it's me, Dr. Isabel. And wow, if any of this sounds like you, I get you. I have been in this place and I've overcome those negative feelings. That's why I've created the free and private Facebook group called The Bossy Brain Solution. Yeah! Would you like weekly coaching to help you become your best self? Come and see for yourself and be empowered by the other women who want to shine their best light in this world. The link is in the podcast description, or you could search for the Bossy Brain Solution in Facebook groups. It's private and free, so come and join us today and know that there is hope. And I encourage you to remain unstoppable. And now back to the podcast. Are you saying that I have all of these? Because that's a lot. 16. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that most people have some unique combination, maybe three, four, five, sometimes six. And so you have to ascertain what your unique combo is. So that explains why when I was saying before how Sally got better doing this, but Philip did not get any better. And in fact, he got worse. Like I've had some clients who've gotten way worse doing Whole30, who've gotten way worse doing AIP, whereas other people thrive and feel a lot better. So you can't assume that what worked for one person, that's the way we're wired. We're like, oh my gosh, what did you do? (laughs) You better let me do that. And then you become really disappointed and disenchanted and frustrated. And and some people are at a point where they're close to giving up hope, where they feel like they're just doomed. And like, maybe, you know, I used to think, I kid you not, I used to think that somebody put the evil eye on me because I was like, I don't understand. I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free. I mean, you know, I, I, I have all organic stuff. I have healthy cleaning products. I do, I'm doing all the things. Why would I have eczema? Like, how could this have possibly happened? And I didn't realize, because this is what isn't talked about in integrative medicine as much now. Even the information that's taught from my understanding in IFM is very limited on skin issues. Um, and so... I'm not like going to say that I'm, I'm the end all be all. I'm the know it all. I have a lot of other colleagues that I communicate with on a regular basis. And we work on a lot of skin cases and we're constantly sharing because we want to see things change. So so I wanted to ask you, what was it for you? What was the thing for you? For me, it would have been gut dysfunction. Um, I actually, so a couple of years ago, I had a resurgence of eczema 
And I did a stool test finally. I'd never done a stool test before. And it turned out that I had two bacterial infections in my gut for Citerobacter and Enterobacter. And so um, I ended up, I did, I made the choice, an informed decision. I chose to do antibiotics because I can't swallow pills. So I was kind of limited on what I could take. Mm -hmm. And I've never had a resurgence of eczema since. So I do think that it's crucial, right? I could have gone down a million other routes of trying the, you know, there's the eczema diet and then this diet and the low salicylate. Like it wasn't that I wasn't going to eat my way out of those infections. So that's why I say it's really crucial that you start to put the pieces together. Um, I have a whole booklet on my website. It's called the Skin Rash Root Cause Finder. And I actually list out the 16 root causes. And then you can go through and check off all the different um, signs like that I'll go through and look for in a client. So you can start to identify what your combo is, because I just hate when people like, I'm like, this is awful. This is a living hell to go through life living like this. And if, if you can get more um, honed in on where you need to focus rather than just hoping some, some, a new elimination of food is going to fix you, mm. um, you save time and you get your, uh, my hope is to shorten that time frame that you're suffering because frankly, you don't get the time back. I know. I agree. And I wanted to point out two things. One is when you said the 16 root causes of skin issues, you're absolutely right. People, the, Listeners, please make sure you understand exactly what Jennifer just said. You don't have to have all 16, but you can have a combination of two, three that just need to be worked on, you know, and then you're free. Then, Then you've been set free. So just know, we just know as clinicians, okay, it's 16, but there's whatever it is, you're a special recipe and it's personalized healthcare. And that's why we just need to figure out which one of the 16 or two or three or four. I don't know, you know, like for instance, just a little sidetrack. I, I've been trained by my husband and I've been trained by Dr. Dale Bredesen to help reverse Alzheimer's. Yes. Reverse Alzheimer's and, and reverse dementia. He was written a book called the end of Alzheimer's back in 2017 or 2018. And he's trained up to 1500 doctors around the world to help reverse this. Now, when people come to me, there's like six different ways you can get Alzheimer's. And some have all six, and some have two, some have just one. So everybody's a different recipe. And I love what you just said. Please know it's not all 16. And then another thing that you said is you got your stool tested. Well, that's not inexpensive. I know that's expensive. That's an expensive test. But the point is, how, how much does your time cost? You just saved a heap of time and frustration. So I always say test, don't guess. Spend the time and the money doing what you just did. So bravo. Yeah. And I, I just want to add to that too, Dr. Isabel, that, you know, so many people, I always say, look, if you have to save up for the test, it's fine, you know, save up, see what you can do. You don't have to do everything today. No. You know, <laughs> it's okay. Like there's labs that you can ask your conventional doctor for that can be extremely helpful. They're not going to get you hundred percent there, but you do need that information too. And if you can go through your insurance to get that information, that does help a lot financially. Um, but I agree it can be tricky because for example, someone who has, um, more of a presentation of like histamine overload. So that can happen with chronic hives for sure. If you have hives and you don't know why that you're having them, you're chronic, you're, you're histamine overload right there. There's also like a subset of eczema cases that are also histamine overload a small, fra- small, small, small fraction of psoriasis cases also have this histamine overload piece. And so basically what it is, is your body has just way too much histamine. It can't tolerate a whole lot. So maybe you're triggered by the uh, pollen from outside. You're triggered by um, dust. So we have a lot of dust in your environment. You do the best you can, but it is what it is. You have oral allergy syndrome. So you're reacting also to food because your body's confused. It thinks the skin, the, the, um, the proteins in the skin look a lot like birch 
or, or ragweed or something. Um, or you're using, for example, with ragweed, I mentioned that um, you're using stevia as your sweetener. It's actually in the ragweed family. So if you're allergic mm. to ragweed, you shouldn't do stevia, nor should you do, by the way, for those who are like, I'm doing, I'm doing a liver detox. You can't do dandelion root. You can't do burdock. You can't do milk thistle because they're in the ragweed family. And so because we take those herbs raw, you can't do them. Your body thinks it's ragweed. So this is where you have to be really careful. Um, for some individuals, a low histamine diet can be helpful to help manage the system, but for a while and get you more comfortable in usually in conjunction with some sort of antihistamine, usually quercetin and nettles is not enough to like mm-hmm. do the trick. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my clients do need medication to help mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. because they're so ungodly itchy. And yes, mine too. Can't I, yeah. Yeah, uh, But you have to look in the GI tract because H. pylori, which is an infection, a very common infection in the stomach contributes to this. It destabilizes mast cells. You can have certain bacteria in your GI tract as well as certain parasites that actually release and generate histamine on their own. So there's um, certain Klebsiella strains. There's Morganella species that produce histamines and a lot of histamines, by the way. Then there's different parasites too. And parasites in and of themselves can cause destabilization. There's one, there's a bunch of really interesting research that I've looked at showing that parasitic infections can actually increase your total IgE, which is a serum marker, mm-hmm. by like something like 40%. Wow. And, and so if you're allergic, like I have a client who's allergic to nuts, but she hasn't been around nuts for like 10, 11 years. So why is her total IgE still through the roof? If she's not around nuts, she's not eating nuts. Right. Why? She had, she had parasites. That's why. So this is again, like why you can't say, well, I'm just going to diet my way out of it. A lot of times we have underlying issues. Good and yes, point. You can get parasites in the United States. Despite oh, yes. Okay. And you don't, <laughs> this is also another really crucial point. You don't have to have diarrhea. You don't have to have any gut symptoms, unfortunately, to have parasites. I work with a lot of people who like poop like a champ, have no GI symptoms, but it shows up on their skin. And when they come back, they actually test positive for certain parasites like blasto, um, uh, defragilis, et cetera. And it just, I don't know why. I wish I had an answer. It just does not show up in disrupting of the GI tract. It only shows up on their skin. So don't wait, don't go, well, I, I don't have any pooping problems. I poop one to three times a day. I don't have any of these issues. It doesn't matter. You could have something lingering under the system. Like I did, I didn't have diarrhea or constipation, but I had two bacterial infections. It just was showing up on my skin. So yeah. So that's and like it was in my- your gut and it was your exactly. gut. So like your gut is so huge. Would you agree that people just need to focus on their gut first? I think it's a part of it. I always tell people the first two areas you want to focus on are gut function. So writing the ship, if you're not there, right? So if you're constipated, you want to move toward pooping one to three times a day, a healthy, firm stool, not hot, too hard, not too soft. Um, if you have diarrhea, we want to try and firm up the stool. Um, we want to support digestion as best as possible. Identify if H. pylori is present because that can actually hijack the stomach and, and deactivate stomach acid. And then from there, support your phase two liver detox. And we can do that by supplementing, believe it or not, with glycine powder. Glycine is an amino acid that is, yes, it's found in collagen and other things, but it's usually not at a high enough concentration to really help. So I'm just like, just get glycine powder. And you could try anywhere from three to five grams, one to two times a day. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's actually not. And then sometimes people can also benefit from a little bit of B6, vitamin B6. Yes. Under 150 milligrams a day. Yes. I always say (laughs) it's best. Like I always say, look around 10 milligrams, and then you talk with your practitioner about what's an appropriate dosage for you. Cause you can overdo it. There yes. can be toxicity issues. Yes. And um, the and toxicity, to- just so everybody knows is numbness in your fingers yeah. and your toes. So yes. that's way too much. Don't overdo yes. it. Yes. So be cautious, talk with someone about what your appropriate 
range should be um, based off of all your in, what you're intaking from all your supplements as well as from food. Um, and then from there, also sometimes B5, vitamin B5 can sometimes be helpful. But I would focus on glycine first, yes. then test out a little bit of B6. Usually if you're taking a multi, there's some usually B6 in there. So look there first. Um, and then support those two areas, the liver and gut function, and then start working through some of these other things. That's, that's like the base of my pyramid is those two areas. I love it. I love, Hey, and that's the way people can start winning right away is those last yeah. three, three tips. The, uh, the glycine powder, uh, for liver step two detox, three to five grams, two to three times a day. Yes. Uh, the vitamin B6, 10 milligrams or more, but definitely less than I always like to keep it between 10 to 50 milligrams. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much it. Why, why the B6? So B6 is really supportive of, so we have three markers. So we have homocysteine, which is usually not run in people who are under 65 because doctors use it conventionally as a marker for cardiovascular risk. So unless you have, you've had a cardiovascular event, they're probably not going to run it. But it's a really great marker to know from a functional standpoint, if you have sufficient B6 in your system, because B6 is required to get homocysteine to keep moving in the methylation cycle or to eventually produce glutathione through through transsulfuration pathway. Mm -hmm. Um, But also on your comprehensive metabolic panel, which a lot of people can get, or they can get like a liver enzyme panel, your ALT and your AST enzymes require B6 in order to function. And so if they're high or they're like getting close to high, it probably means you need B6 in your system. So it's just very helpful. It's also really great because um, the the, uh, glycine pathway, which glycine is required for, needs B6 to help make some of the conversions. And B6 is really important for some hormonal conversions. So B6 is a really important um it's a really important nutrient, but it's difficult to get a sufficient amount if you are really struggling from food. Like it's not, there's, there's, I did look, there's really no great, like amazing source of B6 that you could get these higher doses of, unfortunately. Not even from Um, figs? No. (laughs) Or nutritional yeast? No. Um, but the, the other thing too is this is, and this is the connection between the two with the gut. So when gut dysbiosis, if you have an imbalance in the gut, okay, the waste products from the bugs in the GI tract go to the liver and they get processed down the glycine pathway. Plus you also have exposure to pesticides, solvents, um, mm. plastics, all sorts of stuff all processed down the glycine pathway. So when you have this dysbiosis or imbalance in the GI tract, it's this huge extra burden. And so we don't make glycine. Mm. We don't really, we don't make B6 either. And this is where people get confused. Like I eat a really great diet. doesn't matter. You can end up with nutrient depletions, regardless of how good of a diet you eat, because we're not what we eat. We are what we absorb. And so if you have these extra burdens that you might not quite be aware of, like I was saying how I had these two hidden infections that eats up your supplies and you end up like going, well, geez, I don't understand why my lipid panel is high and I have high cholesterol all of a sudden. And now I've got these high liver enzymes. I'm not sure what's going on with my liver. Well, your liver is overwhelmed. It's trying to deal with these waste products and it's getting really, it's really struggling. So that's where I found that the liver support is crucial first before you even deal with what's living in the gut. So that way, when you do start that process, your liver can handle it. It's dealing with the backlog and then ready to deal with things when you're diving into what, I, I, what's hanging out there. Bravo, bravo, bravo. I love what you said. And yes, we aren't what we eat. We actually are what we absorb. And so many of us have leaky gut, which I know we could talk another yes. podcast about. <laughs> and um, I, I just, yeah, the liver. Gosh, the liver. Yeah. I always... You know, people are like, what's the big deal? Oh, first of all, please, I'm Isabel to you, okay? You don't have to call me Dr. Isabel. I didn't want to interrupt you in the middle of all the times, but please. (laughs) I'm I'm used to it because of my dad. Like, I'm so used to it. No, but I'm Isabel, okay? Okay. (laughs) Sounds great. All right, cool. Um, 
about the liver, people always go, oh, what's the big deal about the liver? And I go, your liver is like a toilet system. Imagine an over, imagine your toilet system backing up and all that junk going back into your bloodstream. You think that's a good thing? Do you think all that poop going back into your bloodstream? So you want to love your liver big time. Yeah. And also to constipation is another problem because that's actually phase three. So we Mm -hmm. actually poop out certain things that are moved through bile into Mm -hmm. our GI tract, like deactivated estrogen and other toxins. And so if you are constipated, they sit in your colon even longer than they're supposed to, and they end up reabsorbed. So it is, that's just why I put, I pair the two of gut function and liver, specifically phase two liver detox issues together um, and then also to just to, to kind of like put a little bow on the, the liver detox issue, like people with psoriasis really have to be careful because they have, there is this um, connection with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. It's really common that the longer you have psoriasis and the worse it gets, that your liver will really start to take a hit. So it is crucial, especially if you have psoriasis, you should be getting your liver enzymes checked. And if they are high, I would highly recommend also asking your doctor to run the GGT lab, because that is just a little bit more of a peak of what's going on at the liver. And, um, I think it's just, it's super crucial to realize that the systems work together. They don't work separate from one another. Mm -hmm. And so when we assume that we're just like parts of the body, like separated, (laughs) but I don't even know what I'm like, no, we're all one system. It's all one universe. essentially. (laughs) So they, they work together. And when there's a problem, one place, it's going to cause problems elsewhere. So we gotta, we gotta cast a wide net figure out what's generally going on and then start to hone in and do that in an efficient manner that helps refill the wells, helps to um, support each system as best it can so that we can can hopefully get back to a better balance in life. Am I making any promises or guarantees that your rashes are going to immediately disappear? No, rashes take longer than gut problems to, so if like you just, like I had diarrhea a lot when I was growing up. That's easier to get rid of a lot of times or constipation than it is the skin issues. The skin issues, when you decide to go the integrative route, they can take exceedingly longer to go away. So I think it's important to manage people's expectations of that, Mm -hmm. that you're looking at sometimes six months, eight months, a year, sometimes a year and a half, because it's just, it's it's not the most important system your skin is just on unfor- like you can walk around with really damaged skin and still be alive. But if there's right. a problem with your heart or your lungs or your kidneys, right. you can have a problem. Right. So we have to address the other systems first and that's why it takes longer. And so I think that's just really important. So people can manage their own expectations and not go, Oh, why am I, why am I not better in two weeks? Because oh, it's not, uh, if you microwave. want the super, right. If you want the super highway, you're looking at drugs. Like yeah. that's just how it goes. That's yeah. a super highway to clear we'll put that in quotes, clearing symptoms, right? We're masking them. We're doing something to make them go away. But when you go the integrative route, it does take longer. And that's where depending on the level of suffering that you are experiencing, and that's really crucial here, there's no judgment. You should make the decision that's best for you. Like if you're a mom and you can't sleep through the night and you can't be a good mom to your kids and your family, that's not good. So maybe in that instance, some medication might be helpful to get, allow you to get more rest because sleep is important. And you work on all these other things. You can certainly do them in tandem and you should never feel any shame at all for having to utilize the tools that are best for your particular situation. So I hope that's helpful. Oh, so helpful. You've helped me. I've got pages of, I've got like two pages of notes here. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. Now I'm going to go ahead and land this plane for our listeners <laughs> and for you, because you're probably getting tired of talking. <laughs> never, never. That's why I have over 200 episodes of Healthy Skin Show. I have so much to talk about. So obviously if somebody's interest, they can go and check it out. I even have a search tool so you can go and just type in your particular skin issue or like licorice or topical steroids or whatever you want to put in, strep, whatever. And it'll pop up with different episodes that are specific to your condition and what's going on. So So tell us, tell us where people can find you. What are you doing? What's next? 
Yes. The floor is yours again. (laughs) (laughs) So I have the Healthy Skin Show podcast. It's available on every podcast platform worldwide. And as I said, over 200 episodes at this point in time. Bravo. And then from there, I'm on Instagram at Jennifer Fugo, my full name. Um, I also have my website, skinterrupt.com. But if you can't spell that, don't worry. Just type in healthyskinshow.com and it will take you there anyway. And, um, and then I also, for anybody who does need more help, as I said, I do have a private practice. I work with clients worldwide and I support them if they're just like, I can't figure this out and I need more help. Or I sometimes will refer people to other clinicians if their case is just like children. I don't work with children and babies. So I refer them out to somebody else who specifically just deals with those. So if you're looking for help, you know, you're more than welcome to check out what we do. And what about your skincare range? Oh my goodness. Oh my I'm, goodness. I'm See how you. I'm fa- I got your back, girl. No, I got no, your back. <laughs> so yeah, so you can find, um, I have a small line of supplements and skincare that's available at quellshop.com. And so we have two ounce, um, two ounce skincare creams. And the number one most popular one is the Z plus rebuilder. It actually has zinc in it, which can be really helpful in, um, supporting the barrier and getting the skin to just kind of calm down and not be as, as angry and whatnot. Um, and then we have a daily butter and the nourish butter and, um, and then some other supplements that are specific for skin issues that I have recommended and used with my clients for specifically for skin issues. So, um, that's the, that's where you can find me. That's, and that's, that's quell, quellshop.com. Don't worry, everybody. Yeah. All of this will be in the show notes. So you don't have to have memorized all this stuff. I wanted to ask you, do you, um, do you ship out of America? Or do you No, it- just right now it's just the US. We're still working on it. We launched the sh- the store um I guess about eight months ago. So we're still like sorting okay. that out. <laughs> we haven't had the chance because we've been so busy and it's also been hard because of COVID to keep things in stock. Um, because it's sometimes it's not just the ingredients, sometimes it's the containers or a seal in the container and it takes us a while to get restocked. So we've been really, um, we've been just been doing us only right now, but eventually our plan is to open up for Canada and worldwide shipping. Great. And just, um, private consult, how would they find you on private consult? So I can put that in the show notes. Absolutely. Yes. You can go to skinrepaircall.com, but it's also on my website as well. Um, under get help. So skinrepaircall.com. Yes. Okay, sweet. Oh, Jennifer, you have helped millions of people. I know that this has served and added value to millions of people. That's just my vision for your talk today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on the show and being willing to share this type of information to help people. And um, just know that if you're really struggling right now, you're not alone. There are many people out there on the same journey as you and Isabel and her husband are working to, you know, we're all working together, really. It's all about sharing what we discover and find to help remind ourselves and each other that there is hope. It is possible. And we just have to keep every day, baby steps, one foot in front of the other. Um, I, I do believe that it is possible for anybody. So I just... Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with all of you. My pleasure. And thank you listeners for joining us for the MD and Chef team here coming live to you from New Zealand. And before we go, I say this to Jennifer and I say this to all of you. Remain unstoppable. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, We would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.